What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Houston Open. So we'll go through um, some outright bets, maybe talk through some top fives, top tens, some matchups, and we'll talk through uh, one-and-done scenarios. Uh, Quick announcements before we jump into this. There is a live chat on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel for final thoughts, ownership projections. We can talk through matchups and bets and one and done and all that good stuff um, for this week's Houston Open. Additionally, I've been uh, adding new states to uh, the offers that I have from William Hill. So if you want to support the show, if you want to get a little something out of it yourself and you don't have a William Hill account yet, uh, I've expanded into three states trying to get some more up but you can go to rickrungood.com slash will hill there are offers live for new jersey illinois right now indiana should be live any moment um so if you're in one of those states you don't have a william hill site you want to get a free bet uh head over to rickrungood.com slash will hill it helps you it helps me it helps will hill win 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 so uh let me know if you have any questions about that but otherwise let's jump into the preview All right, the Houston Open and the top of the betting board, I got to be honest with you, it has a lot of question marks. Dustin Johnson making his first start back since testing positive for COVID-19. He's been installed at seven and a half to one or seven to one, depending on where you are looking. I see him at seven and a half on William Hill right now. I got to admit to you, the the tournament predictor likes him and they and it should. I mean, the tournament predictor is really just trying to figure out um, uh, the likelihood of a golfer getting to the winning score, it, it projects their floor, it projects their ceiling. You know, nobody in this field has a higher ceiling than Dustin Johnson. Let me just confirm that, but I'm going to assume that's the case. Yeah, by five shots, by five strokes, DJ's ceiling is is better than anybody else's in this field. Now, the, the caveat to that is his floor is also very low. Uh, so his floor is... Uh, basically like the sixth lowest floor. Uh, he's a very volatile golfer now. So it, it makes sense that the model likes him. Uh, I have him getting to the winning score about 15 and a half, 16% of the time, you know, implied odds by betting him at seven or seven and a half to one imply him winning about 12 and a half percent of the time. So I do think there's a little bit of value in there, but, um, you know, the model doesn't know about what he's been up to, uh, after testing positive for COVID, how it's impacted him, how sharp his game is, if he's a little bit rusty, I think that, um, and actually these odds have gotten, uh, longer, excuse me. So I believe he opened up at like six and a half to one. And, um, you know, with the way that some of the other bets have come in now, he's at seven, seven and a half to one, which I think is a little bit better when he was at, six and a half to one. I was like this. I mean, it feels like when he was rocking and rolling, he headed into RBC Canadian. It was a much weaker field and he just kind of torched everybody. That feels like six and a half to one. Um, it, he doesn't have that. This is a, a better field than that. The, he, we have a lot more question marks about his game at the moment. So I, I, I'm torn. I have not made a bet on Dustin Johnson yet. I have made bets on other guys in this field. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, Let me know. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below about what you want to do with Dustin Johnson. I get it. I I will probably end up just staying away from him. Um, Just wait and see. Get a little bit more value somewhere else. But... Um, for, for the first time in a long time, I'm, I'm pretty torn on, on the top player in the field. Now, what also happened now, these numbers are kind of moving all over the place. So what also happened is there was, uh, you know, Henley Hatton and Finau all opened at 16 to one, which was kind of bonkers. Uh, you know, Russell Henley for as great as he has played four top tens in his last six starts, 
he has all this great Houston Open history, but remember, that's at a different course. That's not here at Memorial Park. So I'm kind of, I was very surprised to see him open at 16 to 1. Now, I will tell you, Nat, right now, as I'm recording this on William Hill, he's 22 to 1. So he is, he is longer and he is the, he has the fifth shortest odds. So this is kind of, the market has kind of rectified itself a little bit over the course of the last couple of days, but I'm, I'm probably out on Henley as well. Um, I've made it pretty clear that I think it's, I think it's time for, for Tony Finau. You know, I'm, I'm starting my card with Tony Finau. I understand that the knock on him is he doesn't win golf tournaments, but I start peeling back the layers of concerns around DJ and Henley and Brooks Kepka and other top players in this field. And I look at this and say, you know what? I think it's time that Finau, who's been playing well, he's got a couple of, you know, disappointments over, um, over uh, you know since the restart where events that he probably should have won i'm i'm willing to think that he's he's on the verge he's been great from tee to green if he can find a hot putter uh for four days Finau is going to win this thing he's going to be able to hit driver all he wants he's going to be able to you know just destroy the par fives there's a couple of long par threes that he should be able to hit shorter clubs in than most guys i i just it feels like a Tony week and you know if you've been following along um i've probably never i've probably never said that before you know, I didn't particularly love the next tier of golfers here. Um, you know, you could convince me to go back to Doc Redman, of course, um, but I, I just thought the next best value was Denny McCarthy, and and I talk about Denny a lot, so I'm not going to waste too much time here. But I'm not going to miss on the Denny win, and he opened up at 80. He's already down to 66 to one. I got him at 80. Like I, I'm just I'm just not going to miss out on it. The other interesting name here that I that I think I really omitted. Um, on the Monday DFS show is James Hahn. Um, he's only played three times this season. Uh, he's top tens in all three of them. He's ball striking it in the two events that we have shot link data from. Um, he's hitting it well, and he's 60 to one. Now, what's interesting about James Hahn is when he contends, he does have winning upside, right? Some of these guys can contend, they can pop off, um, but they don't usually find a path to victory. James Hahn has won like when he's feeling it things go really really well so he's someone that i've that i've targeted and then further down this is where i start to get into the top five top 10 top 20 market someone like a Mackenzie hughes uh is is probably a, a decent top 10 bet for this week let me get his updated number i think he was like seven and a half to one to finish in the top 10 let me let me just confirm that yeah still seven and a half to one to finish inside the top 10 what i like about hughes is he has like seven top 15 finishes in his last 15 starts. Like uh, again, another one of these guys that when things go well, he finds his name on the first page of the leaderboard. He doesn't just pile up T22s, which don't really get you anything. He can finish in the top 10. Um, I don't love the way he hits it off the tee. I don't love the way he hits it on approach shots, but there's kind of some weird collection areas, closely mown areas around uh, around Memor- Memorial Park that I think Mackenzie Hughes and his, and his short game magic becomes a bit more interesting and seven and a half to one for a guy who's, you know, basically finished inside the top 10 or top 15 in like half of his last 15 starts is, is pretty good. Obviously past performances, uh, or, you know, past history does not indicate future performances, but you get where I'm going with this. Um, then I was kind of throwing a couple of, of flyers down here. You know, there's someone like, um, uh, where is he? Adam Shank is down here somewhere for like a top 20, you know, Shank continues to find, the weekend, right? He continues to to play the weekend. He continues to make cuts. He's nine to one to finish in the top ten. Let me find his top twenty number. 
four to one. That's an interesting top 20 number. And then also the other guy that I thought was interesting for top 20 was Cam Davis. And I want to confirm what his number is right now. Wow, down to 275. I thought he was three, maybe he was three to one when that opened, but down to 275 for top 20. Um, you know, Cam Davis has all the raw talent in the world. He's faltered a bit on the weekend over the course of, you know, the handful of times he's gotten into contention since the restart. Um, but top 20 is not asking for too much, too much for someone who, he, I mean, he can hit it far. He can take apart par fives when things are going well. I think that that's pretty interesting uh, for Cam Davis in a top 20 number. Uh, let's do some matchups. Now, let me zoom out here so we can see this a little bit better. Uh, this uses strokes gained numbers and tries to simulate. So unfortunately, you know, no strokes gained data from Bermuda. So actually guys that played well in Bermuda would actually rank better uh, than what this simulator is going to pump out. But it does use such a long period of time and you can adjust the period of time that you know one tournament missing here and there is probably not that big of a deal i'm gonna switch it to the start of 2020 which should give us um enough data but also have it be more recent stuff so let me find a couple of matchups that i thought were interesting for this week Oh, here's a really good one that I have not run yet. And and this is interesting for a lot of reasons. It's Terrell Hatton versus uh, Russell Henley. So I've, I've felt like all week you've been paying for, um, you know, Henley's history, right? You've been paying for his Houston Open history, which is not really indicative because we're at Memorial Park this year, not um, Golf Club of Houston or wherever else he's had success, right? Uh, I have Hatton winning this matchup about 51% of the time, which is about what, draft kings has this at um so that makes that makes sense so maybe this is a no bet i just wanted to run this and see now unfortunately you know i don't have the data the, there's no sh strokes gain data from the european tour where hatton has won a couple of times so he does miss out on a bit of a boost there so i would i would assume that hatton's probably a little bit better than 51 percent to win this but probably not enough to make it worth an actual uh monetary wager Let's see what else we have here. Here's one that's very interesting to me. Hideki is a pretty significant favorite over Brooks Kepka. And I want to I want to see what this is all about. Cuz Brooks has been so volatile. Wow, yeah. I, I have Hideki winning this about 60% of the time, which if you're in head-to-head -head matchups, um that's a pretty big number. And I have his his, you know, money line should be about minus 151. I see him at minus 130 right now. So this might actually get a monetary bet for me from Hideki. Now the thing with Hideki is his upside's been capped a little bit, but I think he's got like I I swear he has like eight top thirties in a row. Something like that. Now a top thirty. I wonder how often a top 30 actually gets it done against one other golfer. Like Brooks is much more volatile than that, right? Brooks has a second place finish. He's got a bunch of missed cuts. Like he's just a bit more volatile. So uh, this might get an actual monetary wager from me. And then this one, you know, we don't have the Bermuda data from last week, but if Denny McCarthy is not a big favorite over Taylor Gooch, I'm not sure what to expect. Like that's what my gut tells me, right? So let's, let's see what's going on. Wow, it's the opposite. Taylor Gooch with a nod here. Let me see what's going on. I mean, Denny, I mean, I guess here's the thing. Okay, oh man, this is so interesting. So there is a stark change from Denny McCarthy's results um, basically around the 3M Open where he started working with a new swing coach, which is what we've been tracking for the last couple of months. And you can see, um, you know, Denny goes from a basically... 
negative player. He's he was down in aggregate twenty three strokes to the field from January first to July. Since then, he's basically up twenty five strokes. Basically, a complete flip in the script, a complete one eighty for McCarthy. So if I make this, if I make this from June first, I bet you I can make Denia a favorite here. Oh, I can get it really close. So from June 1st, this is basically a dead heat. These guys are, are dead even, which is still even a bit surprising to me. Um, if I go even more recent, again, I'm just trying to fabricate this to get Denny as a favorite. But you can see how the time the time periods really impact it. So if you go from just August on, McCarthy becomes a 57% favorite. So this is kind of one of those situations where you have to determine um, – if what if the stretch that Denny McCarthy in, is in right now is a bit of a fluke, or it is what we're going to see from him moving forward, I definitely think from June first on, if that's the time frame you want, I think that's fair. Uh, obviously, something has changed for Denny in that time frame. Uh, if you want to go a bit a bit shorter, you can kind of fabricate him into being a bigger favorite. But um, I think this one might get a bet for me. This is kind of both the model versus the gut check, and you know how high I am on Denny McCarthy. I, I think and, and this also doesn't include the Bermuda stuff. Like I'll probably just I'll probably just bet Denny. I'm a sucker, so I'll probably just bet Denny. Um also I want to show you this real quick. William Hill has some of the better group bets that I've seen in a while. So usually if you're not if you're new to these group bets, what they do is they give you five or six golfers, put them all together, and you have to pick one to win. That's that's it. Um and you usually get and you get plus odds on everybody. But what usually happens is, you know, they take the five favorites in the field and put them in one group. Then they take guys six through ten and they put them in a group. And then you know, eleven through fifteen. William Hill kind of does that, but kind of also mixes it up a bit. So there is one one group which is F, which is Charlie Hoffman, Phil Mickelson, Aaron Wise, J.T. Poston, Sam Burns, Brant Snedeker, and all of them are between plus 400 and plus 450, which is like, that's what you'd normally see in group betting, where there is not a big difference. They're all kind of like the same odds. But what I like is uh, William Hill has those, and they also have some really spread out ones, like group, um, here, group B. Group B is Terrell Hatton, Scotty Scheffler, Sergio Garcia, Siwoo Kim, Wyndham Clark, Denny McCarthy. So Hatton is plus 220. McCarthy is plus 700. That is a big range for some of these group bets. You usually don't see it like that. Group uh, C, Kepka, Hovland, Zach Johnson, Lonto, Lowry, Varner. That ranges from plus 260 to plus 700. So I like that there's actually... Oh, and, and I'll just throw this one at you. Group A... DJ Finau, Sung J, EVR, Spieth, and Fratelli ranges from 163 to 1,000. So 1.6 to 1 on your money to 10 to 1 on your money. I've not seen recently ranges of group betting like this. So I I really think there are some edges to be made here. I'll try to work on a tool, or uh, uh, there's some edges to, to, to kind of take advantage of here. I'll try to work on a tool where maybe we can compare five or six golfers against one another run the numbers. But this to me seems like a really big opportunity. And this is like the first week I've seen them do this. So hopefully they continue to do it. Um, one and done. 
Let's give an update on the uh, run good one and done. Not much to update last week. No one had any better than T4. So, uh, you know, between Denny McCarthy, Stuart Sink, Doc Redman, who were all pretty popular, maybe maybe Stuart Sink wasn't popular, but Denny McCarthy, Doc Redman were, they all got 160,000. So there was no real big move in the standings. Logan Dempsey continues to uh, lead at 4.1 million with a bunch of guys behind the Herminator, Evatch, Sweet Dank, Detroit Golf City, all within striking distance. And you know what? 41 events to go. We are headed towards the end of segment one. So this week and three other weeks, we'll finish out segment one. So Houston Open Masters, RSM, and then Mayakoba. Then we'll get that little three week break. That will be the end of segment one. So there will be prizes for that as well as the full uh, tournament as well for one and done this week. I got to tell you, it's kind of a weird week. Um, there's, there's kind of a couple of situations that, that I've encountered or I, or I think are worth it this week. I think I might just um, go and grab Tony Finau and, and play him in my one and done. He's, he's the guy that I think is going to win it. I think that um, you know, there, there are a couple of other natural fits for him or more natural fits, right? Waste management is the first one to come to mind. Um, playing him on a course that we have more information about kind of makes sense, but I start to peel back some of the other top players in this field. And if you've got concerns about DJ and you want to save him anyway, you have concerns about, um, you know, Russell Henley. And if you're paying, playing the right price for him or not, and, and if you're overpaying for his, for his course history, you start to peel him off a little bit, you know, Hideki, he has some natural fits, so you kind of peel him off, and you're kind of just left with Tony Finau, and and I think that's okay. Uh, if you want to go a bit deeper than that, um, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't even mind playing Lonto. You know, we for someone who talks about Lonto Griffin all the time, like I do, it is um, uh, this is probably the, the, the least we've talked about him all week because he's much more expensive on DraftKings this week, uh, and I know he's the defending champion, but it's not at this course. But still, you're talking about. An 11th place finish at the Zozo, a 7th place finish at the CJ Cup in his last two starts. Those are deep fields, really deep fields. He's been striking the ball really well. I would not mind going back to Lanto or going to Lanto, especially because you're not going to use him anywhere else. Like, where are you? Where is the natural fit for Lanto Griffin? Um, I'm sure there will be some calls for Scotty Scheffler, the Texas kid in Texas, uh, rounding back into form after coming back from. Um, his positive COVID test that, that forced him to miss the U S open. So those are the three that I think I've narrowed it down to, um, Finau's my front runner, but I'm not sure if I want to save him. Um, that's tough. That's really tough. Let me know what you think you should do or what I should do. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. leave a comment below Houston open. And then we are going to go right into Augusta. Let's go. Best of luck this week. And I'll talk to you guys soon.